I just want to mention I've been up in India uh, for a, what, a week or so ago, did a pastors and leaders conference, uh, just had a phenomenal time. The thing that I'm noticing, I go there, the hunger, the passion of the people. It's just amazing to see. And we had a tremendous time. I said, God, they've got it over there. Can you bring it to New Zealand, please? I'm asking them to send us missionaries, by the way. I said, we need some help down in New Zealand. Please come and help us. So, you know, God's moving one of the movements I'm involved with. They're planting a new church every day. Is that worth a shout or something? Uh, the other movement's not doing so well. They just plant one a week. Yeah, so it's amazing. So, no, great time in India. And then I did the, the National Conference for Women's Aglow on uh, Friday night and Saturday morning. Wow. You're talking about women on fire. They were amazing. We had two sessions. It was next level. And I thought, these ladies are carrying something from heaven and I reckon they're going to be a catalyst for revival in the nation. So, you know, sometimes people think, oh, women's ago, old school. I challenged them. I said, no, why don't you guys be the new school? Why don't you show us a new way moving forward? Because everything else we've done hasn't worked. So maybe you ladies, you're going to bring it on. And uh, hey, it was, just, uh, it was just a fantastic time. So awesome. But hey, it's good to be back. And we're going to come to the Word of God right now. So why don't, why don't you just pray? going to give you 30 seconds, and I want you to ask God to, for you in the next hour that we've got left that you'll have an encounter with God. I dare you to pray that, that God is in some way, you're going to have an encounter with Him and you're going to leave here a different person from you walk, when you walked in the doors. Campuses, pray just for a moment or two and let's believe God that we're not here just to do church. We're not here just to tick the box. I was in church Sunday morning. Now we've come to meet with God. We've come to encounter with God and we've come to see God do something in our lives. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. And we say, God, have your way in this rest of the service today. Would you move by your Spirit? Would you speak to every one of us? Lord, let us hear a word from the very throne of God. And Lord, would you just impact each and every person? God, would you bring a awakening, a reviving, Lord, a fire, Lord, into each and every person that is gathered here in this place and across campuses and our online. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Right, grab a seat. We're ready to go. I wonder how many of you actually do love food? Anyone? About 3%. I think we all love food. I wonder what your favorite meal is. I just want you to think about it for a while. Just to sort of whet the appetite, you know, especially those who are fasting. It's a, I just want to stir you up a little bit more. <clears throat> you know, the, the streets, aren't they lined with neon signs? Eat, 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 magazines, advertising. It's everywhere, isn't it? Come on in and eat. But there is a, another voice uh, shouting from heaven and saying, fast, fast, fast. 
So tell the person next to you, you really need to fast. I was going to say, ask them, are you fasting? But I thought it won't go that far. <coughs> uh, you know, fasting's not easy, but it's harder for someone like me. Because to go without chicken curry, I mean, that's, that's torture. So it's easy for you guys, but you know, it's harder for me. But going without food is a, is a massive sacrifice for all of us. And you know, the devil has made it and he's... Um, establish a culture now where food is far more important than it was ever meant to be. Because the devil knows how powerful fasting is. And so he's throwing food at us in every possible direction to make sure we don't engage in probably the most powerful spiritual discipline of all. I'm gonna share about that today and some of the huge impacts that we have. I've called it forward momentum because if there's any one thing that can move you forward in God, move you forward in every area of your life, I believe it is fasting. Yeah. It's, just, it's just something about it that uh, God has designed it uh, in a very significant way for all of our lives. So all our troubles began in the Garden of Eden, did it not? And what, how did it begin? It began when Adam and Eve what? Ate. Right? Food. They took food, they lost the presence of God, lost the power of God, lost the authority of God, lost the blessing and the favour of God, they lost the rulership of God, they lost everything through food. Our trouble all began with food. How did Jesus get it all back for us? He went without food. 40 days in the wilderness and then went to the cross and He got back for us everything that was lost through food. Make no mistake, friends, food is costing us dearly in our spiritual lives and in our lives and our walk with God and in many, many areas. Of it. And, and it's a narrative that the, the enemy has, has created and forced upon us. And so I think we struggle a lot more than we actually need to struggle. So fasting also on a practical level has massive health benefits. Um, they've researched this a lot. In fact, the world now has, has seminars on the benefits of fasting. A lot of top sportsmen, they now they go on these partial fasts and all the rest of it because they know that the benefit of it is so uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, Dr. Don Colbert said, fasting done correctly can heal rheumatism, heart disease, skin ailments, hay fever, eye diseases, and a whole other list of areas. They reckon that fasting is possibly now the greatest healing mechanism available to mankind. What do you think about that? Right? When people are sick, we always say, eat, eat, eat. Maybe not quite right. What do they say? The most effective, the most powerful healing agent of all, I reckon, is, that's what the world is now telling us. That's what medicine is now telling us. This is how powerful uh, fasting is. It's just so good for you. You know, your digestive system is made to work much harder than any other organ. And so I want to encourage you to give your stomach a vacation. Everybody look at your stomach. Come on, look at your king's stomach, have a good look. <clears throat> and now tell king's stomach, I'm going to give you a vacation. You have earned it. You deserve it. You need it. 
I'm overworking you. I'm overdoing it. You're not designed. You know, we were never designed to eat and snack all through the day. Your system was not created for that. And so King's stomach. How many of you reckon your stomach is king? Huh? Well, if you're not fasting, your stomach is king. All right? So ask the person next to you, is your stomach king? Go on, just ask them. See what they're going to say. Come on, canvases, ask one another. <laughs> when you preach on fasting, you've got to keep it alive, don't you? Otherwise, people fall asleep and think, I'm not interested in this. So what they, medically, what they say is your body goes, you'll like this, goes into ketosis. Ketosis is a breakdown of fat cells. So when you're fast, the reason you're hungry is because your fat cells, your fat cells are dying by the minute. They're just dying. And they're screaming out, I don't want to die. Give me another snack. Give me another biscuit. Give me some cake. I'm not making this up. It's true. Your fat cells are dying by the minute. Who reckons that's good news? Yeah, most hands go up now. Get fasting. So <clears throat> biblical fasting is refraining, refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. It's not just refraining from food. That's called dieting. Huh? And a lot of people fast, but they're actually only dieting because they're not pursuing God in the fast. <laughs> they're just going without food. So you've got to realize that it's, it is a real design there. So you know the Scriptures, Matthew 6, verse 3, when you give, verse 6, when you pray, verse 16, when you fast. You know, I've heard this said, and uh, people talk about this, that, you know, in the Bible talks about fruit, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold, right? You read about that? It's in the, parable, in the parable, somewhere you'll find it there. What they say is this, when you give, you can get to 30-fold fruit. When you give and pray, you get to 60-fold fruit. When you give, pray, and fast, you get to a hundred-fold fruit in your life. And that's why the Bible says when you give, when you pray, when you fast. It's not if you fast, it is when you fast. So some people now say that these are three commands God gives us to give, to pray and to fast. If we, don't, if, if we don't do those, we are in disobedience. They're not options. Jesus didn't say if, he said when. And none of us wanna be in disobedience. So, hey, let's make sure we add each of these elements, however you do it, into your life. You know, fasting really is serving notice on the devil. Some of you need to do that. You're serving notice on the devil and you say, okay, devil, you have afflicted me long enough. You have messed with my family long enough. You trouble my finances long enough. You've kept me sick for long enough. I've had this addiction for long enough. Satan, I serve you notice today. I'm going on a fast. I'm, I'm serving notice and I'm gonna deal with you now. I'm gonna break your power. I'm coming out into freedom. It's an in your face attack on the devil. 
You say, okay, devil, your number is up. That's the power of fasting, friends. It is so powerful to bring, and I'll, I'll share a bit more on that as we go, but there was this woman, I heard this story, she was plagued with years, where for years she had this, these knots, protruding knots at the base of her spine, severe debilitating pain. <clears throat> so she heard a message like this on fasting. So she went on a fast, uh, three days they were gonna do water, and then after the Daniel fast. But on the second, on the third day of the fast, she lays hands on herself down the bottom of her spine, only to find that the protruding knots had been healed by the power of God and were completely gone in Jesus' name. Friends, that was on the second day of the fast. She had a complete healing <coughs> by the power of God. Maybe medical silence was right. Fasting is a powerful cure for many ailments that people are, are struggling with in their lives. Luke 18 verse 14 says, He who humbles himself will be exalted. <coughs> I wanna suggest you can humble yourself with fasting and God will exalt you. He will do something. You know, I've heard it said, you can pray without getting too many results, but you can't pray and fast without results. There's something about it that just ticks it over, crosses over the spiritual line, if you like, and is going to bring an answer, is going to bring a result in some form in your life. You know, fasting, I love this statement, increases our spiritual IQ. Anyone up for more spiritual IQ? Yes. You know, it, um, it draws you, it, it increases your spiritual capacity. Yeah. Have you ever wondered about some people just seem to have this capacity for God and you think, man, how do they do that? How do they get there? Yeah. You know, they're always wanting to pray and worship and read the Word and, you know, serve and they're on fire. How do they? Fasting increases your spiritual capacity for God. <clears throat> your spirit was made for a lot more of God than you're experiencing right now. Massively more than you're experiencing right now. And fasting is one of the things that will click you in to experiencing much more of God in your own life and in your own walk with God. It is just that powerful. And another thing that happens, I reckon when you fast, is your roots in Jesus go deeper. It just, you know, your relationship with Him just goes deeper and deeper. It's a, such a powerful thing. It draws you closer to God. Someone said this, that fasting attracts God to your spirit. You know, your spirit's how you connect with God. So when you fast, it's almost like God's attracted to your spirit. And so you begin to engage with God and know God and experience Him in deeper and deeper ways. So when you're fasting, you're actually telling God that, that He's more important than your Sunday lamb roast or whatever else you have. He's more important than those hot chips. He's more important than chocolate. He's more important than ice cream. You're telling He's more important than these things. Do you know what happens? That gets heaven's attention. It gets the attention of heaven. I want to look at the fact that fasting increases your, your authority in prayer. You know, prayer has power. We know that. But fasting takes it to a whole nother level. It increases, it puts it, it's like putting a, you know, atomic power under your, your praying uh, to, into fasting so that you see some, a much greater result uh, take place. I remember this preacher would, uh, would tell how his mother, you know, she had 11 kids. And... Um, 
she would tell all 11 kids, she said, all of you are going to serve God. She said, all of you are going to serve God. She said, because I'm praying and fasting for you. And then whenever any of them went off track, and she would tell the others, she would say, see that one? I'm starting to fast for this one because he's gone off track. And because she prayed and fasted, all 11 were saved and serving God. That's the power of fasting, friends. You may pray and pray and pray and not all that happens, but when you add fasting to it, something is going to trigger and something's going to move because it adds a lot of authority <coughs> to your prayers. If you've got children away from God, can I encourage you to add fasting to your prayers and just see what God will begin to do in your situation? You know, as a church, uh, we're called to see revival. You know, we're called to revive the church, to awaken the church, to, to bring it to life. You know, we're, we're, we're called by God to see New Zealand begin to turn back to God. And because of this calling upon our church, that's why we fast and pray, because you need spiritual power to have that kind of influence and that kind of impact, it's not just gonna fall out of the sky. You gotta go after it with spiritual fire and zeal. That's why we pray and fast. It's not because we enjoy doing it, but because we wanna accomplish things in the realm of the Spirit that only fasting is gonna get us there. Thank you for that overwhelming response on that point. <coughs> okay, let's go to Matthew 17. Got your Bibles? If you haven't, look at the screen. Matthew 17, we're going to read from verse 14 to 21. It's a great story. <clears throat> when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he, has an, he is an epileptic, suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and he came out of him. The child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, just before we go any further, is there an issue you're struggling with? Is there something you can't get through? Is there an issue in your life or an addiction or a battle or, or uh, an anxiety or sickness, whatever it is, and you just can't come through. And maybe like your disciples, you're saying to Jesus, Jesus, how come I can't get the victory here? Huh? This is gonna answer your question. Here we go, let's go. So the disciples came, they said, why, why couldn't we get our breakthrough? That's what they're saying. So Jesus said to them, well, two things, because of your unbelief. Surely I say to you, if your faith is a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, everyone say, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. This kind, this victory, this overcoming, this triumph, this freedom doesn't come except by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. You're getting the message, aren't you? There's some things in your life you are not going to overcome without adding fasting to your life. Derek Prince, that great preacher, he said he's believed you could never fulfill all the will of God in your life if you don't engage in fasting. So people say, I wanna do all the will of God. I wanna hear, well done, good and faithful servant. If you haven't got fasting in the mix there somewhere, it's gonna be pretty challenging. 
to get to that place because the Bible does say when you fast. Everyone say it together. When you fast. I'm not getting many cheers today, but the woman in the glow clapped me every three minutes, but anyway, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> you know, prayer and fasting increases your faith. Increases your faith. And you can use it as a weapon against that specific thing that you're battling with. It's like a strategic weapon against a specific battle that you might be facing in your life. Like with my dad, you know, when he wasn't saved, I used that specific weapon and it broke through every opposition and brought a massive result, which is to this day, you know, I celebrate the power of fasting. In fact, that's when I learned uh, to fast in my life. So there's a couple I read about in the process of divorce. <coughs> Miraculously, they decided to fast before signing the papers. And while they're fasting, God does a miracle in the marriage. And the divorce never went through and God blessed their marriage. If you're struggling with a relationship, try fasting and just see what God might do for you. <clears throat> Another person that was, um, man was a very heavy smoker. Just couldn't beat it. Tried so hard, it just seemed so impossible. So he decided to go on a, on a fast and on the third, third day of the fast with no food, the third day, all desire for smoking, gone. Gone, bang, just like that. Maybe what the doctors have said is true, that fasting is a powerful instrument for healing, for recovery, for breakthrough, whatever it might be. It's, uh, there's this, I, could give you, I could spend the whole morning just giving you story after story after story after story after story where people who could never get through finally did with prayer and with fasting. It's just an amazing, amazing thing. So because of all that, the devil loves you to eat. He just loves it when you eat. He says, have a little bit more. Just have another spoonful. <laughs> just have another biscuit. He loves you to eat. And you know when he really loves you to eat? When you've decided to fast. That's when he goes into overdrive. That's when you decide to fast. That's when the boss takes everyone out for lunch for the first time in 10 years. <laughs> Free lunch. It's when it's gonna happen. Tell you, or you're gonna get to your office tomorrow or at home and someone's put your favorite biscuit on your desk. <laughs> your favorite muesli bar or something is gonna be there. It's gonna be everywhere. In fact, when you're driving down the street, those neon lights are gonna, they're gonna shine bright. They're gonna be brighter than ever before. You know, all your friends are going to invite you out for a free meal. You know, it's, it's anything, the devil will do everything. He's got to, you know, suddenly food's going to turn up. You know, probably you go to bed at night and there's something on your pillowcase. I don't know. <laughs> <coughs> Just put there by the devil because he's, he's got to stop you. He has got to stop you. You hearing me? He has got to stop you because if he doesn't stop you, he's going to be beaten and he doesn't want to be beaten. So he says, come on and eat. 
<laughs> I guarantee you'll get invitations for food over the next few days uh, because it's just the way that it works. So, you know, the other thing is that fasting, we're talking about it breaks habits like smoking, drinking, all the rest of it. Then you know, it can also break other habits yeah. that are really damaging in our lives. Yeah. Can I give you a few of them? Yes. Breaking the habit of too much TV. What about breaking the habit of too much movies? Too many movies. Anyone guilty? Don't put your hand up. Too much time on the internet? Too much time on social media? These things drain you of time and of spiritual life. They drain you, friends. And sometimes they're the greatest victories that we can win is when we go on a fast to deal with some of these um, things that the enemy has thrown at us that are habits that are not, not good habits that we need to real, really deal with. So fasting really is abstaining from natural pleasures for spiritual purpose. Wow. What's your natural pleasures? What are they? That God wants you to just give up for a while for a spiritual purpose. It's not just going without food. It's much more than that. And so, you know, when you're going without food, you know, you want to focus on seeking God. That's why we have these prayer meetings, by the way. Why? Because it's not, we're not just going without food. We're, we're wanting to find God. And so we're pushing into God. So we gather together to pray and to seek His face and, and all that sort of stuff. We do that. And that's why, you know, if you're on a fast, please come and pray. You know, it's one of the best things they can do. So you shift it from dieting to pursuing spiritual purpose and you go without pleasure of what you might be doing normally on that prayer meeting night. Now, if you're at work, I understand, but if there's something else you're normally doing, you're gonna give that pleasure up and you say, no, I'm gonna go to the house of God and I'm gonna seek His face. I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna intercede and I'm gonna go after my victory. I'm gonna find God in ways I've never known Him before. <clears throat> you know, our last prayer meeting on Thursday night, uh, that we had. I've been here over 30 years. I've never seen a Thursday night prayer meeting as big as the one as we had on Thursday night. Something is happening in this church, folks. God is starting to move. Spiritual temper is ramping up. We've got a long way to go. But once people start praying, you know something is going to happen. In the revival prayer meeting has almost doubled in size over the last two or three weeks, last month or so. It is incredible. And it's the most exciting thing that I can see happening in our church is people are getting a heart to pray. People are beginning to cry out to God. People are making a sacrifice of getting to a prayer meeting to seek God because when you come together, there's a corporate anointing that is much more powerful than when you pray on your own. That's why people often get victories in prayer meetings. That's why prayer meetings often are the things that bring revival because there's a corporate anointing. There's a corporate faith. There's a corporate crying out together and there's a corporate victory in Jesus' Name. Suffice to say, come tomorrow night. Six o'clock, I don't know how you're gonna fit in that little room up there, but anyway, <coughs> we'll have an overflow down here. How about that? If it fills up in there, I'll come down here for the overflow and yeah. we'll, we'll just do something here. We'll do something, we no music, that's all right. No, nothing on the screen, we'll just come and pray. How about that? Just pray. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? No backup. Nothing to muster it all up, nothing to stir up. Okay, guys, you're here, pray. What for? Revival. I'll see you in an hour. <laughs> <coughs> 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 all right. 
How's our time? A few more minutes. Do you want a few more minutes on this? We had enough. (coughs) Had enough and let's start singing. (laughs) I've got a couple more things I want to say. By the way, when you're fasting, instead of having lunch, why don't you read your Bible? Just a thought. You're fasting for spiritual purpose. So you add something to it. But fasting releases wisdom and direction. See, there's no chapter or verse on who to marry or what job to take, what school to put your kids in, what city to live in, what house to buy. There's no chapter and verse. So what what should you do? You should fast before all decisions, especially major decisions. Fast, because it's really important. When he or she comes along and says, I love you, let's get together. I want to suggest you, before you say yes, you go on a fast. And you just check out, is this person right for me in my life? Because you do want to get that decision right, don't you? Yeah, everyone say yes. Everyone say, you you do want to get that one right. When you're offered that new job and that promotion with an extra $10,000 salary, you just say, can you give me a couple of days and go and fast and ask God? Because there's nothing that's going to take you off track faster than more money. Hello? Hello? People think money, the blessing of God. Hold on a minute. Not necessarily. More money may be the trap of the devil to get you away from the purposes of God. So major decisions, whatever they are, fast. Show God you're serious. When he sees you're serious, he's going to come through and give you some answers and make sure you move in the right direction. One of our biggest mistakes we make is we ask everyone else's opinion. (laughs) But we don't go to God and ask his opinion. Do you know... One wrong decision can wreck your life. It's all it takes. One. Not 20. Just one wrong decision. One wrong choice you make. And that's why every time you face a decision, you really need to pray. You really need to lock into God. And often they'll add fasting and say, God, is this right for me? I know of a person who was in a church. I've run out of time. Anyway, and um, doing really well. The kids were all loving God, worship, and all the rest of it. But he got an inheritance in another country with multiple millions of dollars. And uh, when he was offered it, he turned it down. And they said, why did you turn it down? Because he discovered in that place, it was an isolated area, there was no decent church for his family to grow in God and fulfill, uh, use the gifts of God in their life. So he turned out a multi-million dollar inheritance in another country for the sake of his family going on with God. That deserves a clap from God for God. I don't know who I'm talking to, online or in-house. But money is tempting you to go off track. You're being offered something financially and it's not right. Now, hey, it may be right, whatever it is. I'm not saying this is for everybody, but can I just encourage you, fast and pray and seek the face of God and make sure that what is being offered to you is from the throne of God and not from the pit of hell. 
Let's just go to 2 Chronicles 20, verse 3 and 22. Most of you know the story, but it's good. Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And then when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Moab, Ammon, Mount Seir, who came against Judah, and they were defeated. So Jehoshaphat's terrified. There's a huge army coming against them, coming against Judah. So he seeks God in prayer, but he doesn't stop there. He then asks the whole nation. He orders everybody in Judah to begin to fast. It's a bit like we have done, except we don't force it. <laughs> those, those days they could. Yeah, they demanded everyone to, to fast. And so once they, once they begin fast, they're surrounded by the enemy. Defeat is certain, all right? But they pray and they fast. The, the prophet gives a, a strategy. They, they sing and they praise and they get a great victory. So just watch what happens here. First, there's an attack, all right? Second, there's fear. Third, there's prayer. Fourth, there's fasting. Fifth, there's strategy. And then there's the victory. This is often the process you go through. So if you fear, you know, you get an attack and you fear, that's okay, don't worry about the fear, but just don't stop there. Okay, so you get the attack, you go to fear, that's fine, but then you pray. But don't stop at prayer, then you fast. And then once you get fasting, I believe God will help you, give you strategy, give you guidance, give you the key to victory, and then you get the breakthrough and you get the victory. Can we just say that together? First, attack. Second, fear. Third, fourth, fifth, then. It's not complicated, is it? It's very simple. We can all do that. You know, one of the things that happens to all of us is that we, we get out of shape with God. What do I mean by that? You know, COVID, pandemic, cyclones, financial struggles, all the issues going on right now, sometimes we can just start to lose our way with God. Just, we just, you know, not in church as much as we used to be. We don't pray like we used to. The fire's dimming down. Lukewarmness is creeping in. You know, we, we're feeling anxiety. We're feeling a bit of a grudge against somebody. We're struggling now to forgive. There's a bit of bitterness coming in. What, you know, it may just be one of those. <clears throat> it may be a number of those. But you, you know that, you're, gosh, you're just getting a bit of out of shape with God. And just losing your way. And I don't know how many would be in that sort of a condition, but you know if I'm talking to you. And you know, when that happens, one of the ways to get back into alignment with God, aligning your heart, your spirit with Him, is through prayer and is through fasting. There's a great scripture on this found in Joel 2 verse 12. Now says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. And with that there comes a realigning of our relationship with God. So if I'm talking to you right now, whatever you do, just engage in some more prayer, a bit more fasting, and just get back on track with God. Because sometimes you have to arrest the decline that's taking place before it goes too far down. It's almost impossible to get yourself back up. So hear my voice right now. If you are a little bit out of shape with God, make a decision right now that you're gonna do something about it. You're gonna pray more than before. And hey, if you possibly can, I encourage you to do is to add fasting as well. As I wrap this up, in these challenging times of great darkness, things are getting worse all around the world and in our nation as well. I want to encourage you, everyone, under the sound of my voice, to develop 
the culture in your life or the lifestyle of fasting. Just develop it now, whatever that might look like. And we've done it here for 30 years, a day every week. Because if you do this, when challenges arise, and I'm sorry to say they will, you will have the spiritual muscle to fight your way through. How many of you know gross darkness is gonna cover the earth? How many of you know persecution is on its way? How many of you know issues in society are gonna challenge Christian faith to the very core of our being? And we're gonna struggle to fight against what society is gonna scream at us, that we're bigots, that we're prejudiced, that we're anti this, we're anti that. And we're gonna have to fight for our lives, friends, to survive the onslaught of Satan in the coming days. I wanna encourage you, develop your spiritual muscle now. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for next week. Don't wait for next year. Get strong now. You've got to be ready for the fight by the day the fight comes. You can't get ready on the day of the fight. You can't go and win a a sports game on the day of the sports game. You've got to get ready beforehand. And I'm urging you across our campuses in the Name of Jesus, on behalf of the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost, develop your spiritual muscle now. Do it now. Do not wait another day. Don't wait another week because the enemy is coming and he's after you. How do I know he's after you? The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Anyone who's vulnerable. I'll face opposition and attack in the last few years like you would not believe. You would not believe. Even the last week or two. Or hell has taken muscle. If I didn't have spiritual fibre within me, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. The battle is fierce. And people are going to get knocked out left, right and centre if they don't have spiritual muscle. Take note, write it down and please do something. In New Zealand, we have problems, as you know. Nation drifting rapidly away from God. Gosh, when I believe the day, what the culture I was raised in, lose your wallet, <coughs> go down to the pit, police station, and you pick it up. Someone handed in. It was just amazing how things have shifted in a few decades. Yeah. The decline in, in de- is, is unbelievable. Friends, can you imagine in 10 more years what we are going to see in our faces in this nation? And there is only one hope for the Church of New Zealand. There is only one hope for this nation of New Zealand. And that is a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit and an outbreak of revival fire like we have never seen before in the history of this nation. And at this conference, New Zealand and Beyond, God has given me two messages and I'm gonna address the whole area of the need for revival and how we can get revival and what God wants to do in this land. And I believe, you know, that this church, Church Unlimited, across Canada, we are called to bring a revival to this nation. We're called to turn this nation back to Jesus. That's why we have the conference. That's why it's called New Zealand and Beyond. It's not called Church Unlimited. It's not called Tark It's not called running with fire. It's called New Zealand and beyond because we are out to reach New Zealand with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are out to turn this nation back to God. So help us, Lord. 
with every breath that I have left, I'll fight for this nation. I'll fight for the church of New Zealand and I'll give it everything I've got. And if that stirs your heart, if you feel a call to see the church come alive, if you feel a call to see New Zealand turn back to Jesus, then please join us at New Zealand and beyond. Bring us your faith, bring us your fire, bring us your prayer, bring us your fasting, bring us your passion, bring us your hunger, bring us your desire, bring us your love for God, bring us your worship, bring us your heart, bring everything you've got and let's go after this nation and take it back for Jesus. Somebody's got to try and do this. And we're going to give it everything we've got. Two Chronicles 7.14. If my people. It's the biggest if in all of Scripture. Call by my name. Humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. Forgive their sin and heal their land. If. 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 Let's have the musicians sing us, please. In the next six days that we've got left, all I want to say is this, do something. Yeah. I don't care what you do. <clears throat> could be a meal a day. Just have one meal a day. Could be sun more, sun up, sun up, sun down. Could be liquids only, whatever. Do something. And then use it for spiritual purpose to seek after God. Yeah. I want us to sing, go back to God of revival. <clears throat> I want us to sing to New Zealand and beyond. Because I am praying with all the strength God will give me for a move of God in this conference. I've said to God, I don't want just another conference. If we're just having another conference, God, can we cancel it now? I want a move of God. I want lives radically transformed. I want the fire of God to break out. I want worship where we're on our knees. You know? <clears throat> worship where God just turns up in a massive way. Campuses, thank you for joining with us this morning. I encourage you in your fasting. Enjoy the rest of your service.